Hello again, press fans, coming to you from Altman Studios in beautiful downtown Brentwood to your ears wherever you are. This is Clocked In with the Press. I'm Melissa Van Ruten, here with Brian on sports. Hey, Melissa. Hello. Today, we'll be talking about West Nile virus, local elections, and of course, sports and breaking news. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Sip and Scoop in downtown Brentwood. Sip and Scoop delivers smiles for miles, sip by sip, and scoop by scoop. Gelato, Italian ice, and signature coffee beverages are just a few of the delicious treats on their menu. Stop by Sip and Scoop at 234 Oak Street in downtown Brentwood to get your fix. They're also on DoorDash. Thank you so much. More mosquitoes have tested positive for West Nile virus, the latest one in an agricultural area east of Brentwood, according to the Contra Costa Mosquito and Vector Control District. This is the second group of mosquitoes to test positive for West Nile virus so far this year in Contra Costa County. A previous group of mosquitoes that tested positive was from Oakley. The news of more mosquitoes infected by the virus comes a week after the district announced the discovery of an invasive mosquito species in Contra Costa County. Aedes aegypti mosquitoes can transmit the causative agents of Zika virus, dengue fever, chikungunya virus, and yellow fever, making it even more important that all Contra Costa County residents take steps to tip, toss, and take action to reduce the risk of mosquitoes. In addition to dumping out and scrubbing outdoor sources of standing water, the district recommends residents use EPA-registered insect repellents when mosquitoes are present. The most effective repellents contain one of the following active ingredients, DEET, picaridin, and oil of lemon eucalyptus. Always follow the instructions on the label when using an insect repellent according to the district. West Nile virus comes from certain birds, mostly crows and jays. Mosquitoes become infected after biting an infected bird. Contra Costa County residents can report dead birds by phone at 877-WNV-BIRD, which is 968-2473. County residents can also request mosquito services for residential properties by calling 925-685-9301. California State Parks is now accepting applications from public groups to provide local outdoor recreational experiences through the Federal Outdoor Recreation Legacy Partnership Program. In the sixth phase of this competitive grant program, $192 million is available nationwide for communities with limited or no access to publicly available close-by outdoor recreation opportunities. In a press release, State Parks Director Armando Quintero said, Everyone deserves to have access to high-quality outdoor experiences. A pool, hiking trails, picnic areas, and soccer fields can bring people, families, and communities together and build healthy communities. We invite public entities to compete for this program. The Outdoor Recreation Legacy Partnership Program is a federal National Park Service grant program established in 2014 and funded through the Land and Water Conservation Fund. The program pays for buying and developing new parks or substantially renovating parks in economically disadvantaged cities or towns of at least 30,000 people. Eligible applicants include cities, counties, state agencies, federally recognized Native American tribes, joint powers authorities where all members are public agencies, park districts, and special districts with authority to acquire, operate, and maintain public park and recreation areas. The maximum grant request amount per application for this round is $10 million. 
The Office of Grants and Local Services develops grant programs to provide funding for local, state, and nonprofit organization projects. Since 1964, more than 7,700 community parks throughout California have been created or improved from Office of Grants and Local Services grant funding. Since 2000, the program has administered $3.8 billion in grants throughout California. For additional program information, such as project eligibility requirements, to register for an upcoming application workshop and access the online application portal, visit California's ORLP webpage at https colon slash slash www.parks.ca.gov. Brentwood and Oakley have finalized their respective lists of city council candidates for the midterm elections on November 8th. This year's city council elections will be district-based as opposed to the at-large elections in previous years. Both cities will be holding city council elections for their respective districts 2 and 4. Candidates are required to be a resident and registered voter in the city and district that they hope to represent. Each city council term is four years. The candidates for Brentwood include, for District 2, Patnisha Davis-Pearson, who is an attorney and temporary judge, Mark Duke, who is a clergy member and executive pastor, Braden Hanna, who is a student, and Cinziana Todor, who is a business execution consultant. For District 4, we have Holly Bishop-Lopez, who is a businesswoman, Anthony Orleman, who is a police officer, and Jacob Singh, chief executive officer. For Oakley, we have in District 2, Hugh Henderson, who is a retired firefighter, Rochelle Shelley Fitzgerald, who is a registered nurse, and only one for District 4, we have Shannon Shaw, who is a nonprofit property manager. If you are wondering what district you fall into, you can certainly visit your city's website and they will have a map for you. If you are not yet registered to vote or you need to check your current registration status, you can visit https colon slash slash registertovote.ca.gov. Kevin Temple was sworn in as the new postmaster in Discovery Bay in a ceremony on Tuesday, August 30th. As Byron Discovery Bay's postmaster, Temple oversees 24 postal employees and 10 rural routes with 5,701 possible deliveries and a daily distribution of mail to 484 P.O. boxes. Temple began his career with the United States Postal Service as a rural carrier associate in the Pleasanton Post Office in September of 2015 before he transferred to the Antioch Post Office with the same job. Temple later changed crafts and became a postal support employee, working as a sales services and distribution clerk at the Concord Post Office. Temple became a career employee in 2018. In March of 2019, he was promoted to supervisor customer service in the Livermore Post Office. He held positions as an officer in charge in Diablo, Crockett, San Lorenzo, and now Byron. Temple also worked as a supervisor customer service in Moraga, Antioch, and Alamo prior to his recent promotion as postmaster. Temple said, For me, being a postmaster means that I must uphold postal values and treat employees and customers with dignity and respect. I hope to improve daily operations to make this post office one of the best places for our employees to work and to provide the best experience for the customers in this community. The City of Brentwood has announced plans to hold a ceremony on September 28th to send off retiring Police Chief Tom Hansen while also swearing in his replacement, who has yet to be named. 
The ceremony will be held from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. in the Brentwood Community Center at 35 Oak Street, according to an August 29th press release from the city. During the ceremony, Hansen will say goodbye and the city's new chief will be introduced. Although the ceremony will serve as the swearing-in of the new chief, one has yet to be selected, according to Assistant City Manager Darren Gale. The city is conducting an internal recruitment for the role that will run until Friday, September 2nd, with the new chief expected to be announced a week before the ceremony. Assistant City Manager Darren Gale has said, The city of Brentwood has been blessed to be led by a leader in Chief Hansen. The city looks forward to going through the recruitment process and finding a candidate that can quickly fill Chief Hansen's shoes and continue the strong leadership of the Brentwood Police Department. Chief Hansen will be sorely missed. He's been a great leader. He's got a great department. And I'm sure whoever is coming up behind him will also do a good job, but they have, they have big shoes to fill. Can't wait to see how this plays out. Same, same. We're going to pause here for another word from this episode's sponsor, but when we come back, we'll hear some football scores and the breaking news from the past week. Today's episode of Clocked In With The Press is brought to you by our friends at Sip and Scoop in downtown Brentwood. Sip and Scoop started out as a food truck, serving coffee, hot cocoa, and desserts on the go, but the demand was so high that they had to open a shop at 234 Oak Street. Here at Clocked In, we love Sip and Scoop. They're just a few doors down from our offices, and we're there often enough that they know our names and orders. It's like cheers, but better, because there's dessert. Try their cold brew coffee, or choose a latte or Americano for a classic coffee drink that can't be beat. And we haven't even talked about their breakfast sandwiches and avocado toast. Have I mentioned the root beer flows and the iced lemonades? Those are my personal favorites. <sighs> okay, obviously, I could talk about food all day, but here's the point you got to go to Sip and Scoop. Visit them at 234 Oak Street in downtown Brentwood or have Sip and Scoop brought to you wherever you are by DoorDash. Having an event? Let Sip and Scoop cater it. Give them a call at 925-684-7710 to find out more. All right, Melissa. First sports story of the day. The Freedom Falcons struggled to overcome an early deficit in Friday's game against the Marin Catholic Wildcats. The Wildcats scored four touchdowns in the first quarter and led 27-7. The second quarter was more of the same, and the Wildcats scored three more touchdowns and were up 48-7 over the Falcons at halftime. Yikes. Oof. Coming back from halftime, the third quarter was an entirely different game. The Wildcats came out flat despite their big lead. Freedom scored on its opening possession of the second half with junior running back Herschel Turner Jr. scoring from two yards out. After forcing a Marin Catholic three and out, the Falcons were quickly back in the end zone on one of the most exciting plays of the game. Turner seemed bottled up at the line of scrimmage, but broke two tackles, then burst past the rest of Marin Catholic's defense for a 53-yard touchdown run. That's impressive. <laughs> I love this game right now. The Falcons got the ball back quickly with a strip sack on the first play of Marin Catholic's next possession, and that opened the door for Turner to score his third touchdown of the night right before the third quarter ended. The extra point was missed, but a penalty for running into the kicker on the Wildcats gave Freedom one more chance. The Falcons elected to try for the two-point conversion and succeeded on a run from Turner. 
While the first half of the fourth quarter was dominated by the Wildcats, Freedom did have the longest play. That came when sophomore quarterback Miles Hunt connected with senior receiver Samaje Featherstone on a 67-yard pass that nearly scored. A dead ball, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty moved the Falcons back 15 yards, but didn't stop them from scoring. And on the first play after the penalty, Hunt and Featherstone connected again, and this time for an 18-yard touchdown. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough, Melissa, and the Falcons fell 55-29. Not without some hard work and, uh, you know, valiant effort to catch up from such a deficit. For sure. Turner hopes that the loss in the opener proves to be something that Freedom can draw from for the rest of its season. The positive I take is that you can learn from a loss, and we have nine more games to go. Once you're down, the only way you can go is up. Freedom's next game is tonight in El Cerrito, while their next home game is next Friday, September 9th, against Sacramento's Grant High School, and both of these games are at 7 p.m. All right, Melissa, so for the next game from last week, the Liberty Lions defended their home turf against the Enox Eagles and started their season in dominant fashion with a blowout week one, a 56-0 victory over the Eagles last Friday night. That's... Pretty amazing. Ouch. The Lions' offense was powerful through both the passing and running game with quarterback Nate Bell completing over 75% of his passes for 250 yards and three touchdowns, while also rushing for 113 yards and another touchdown. Immediately out the gate, Bell connected on two long touchdown passes on back-to-back drives from 25 and 45 yards out, And by the end of the first quarter, the blowout was already on as Liberty had led 28-0. The rest of the game went the same as Liberty continued to march down the field. By halftime, Liberty led 42-0. Getting the ball to start the second half, the Lions picked up right where they left off, continuing their dominant running game and wearing down the Eagles' defense with each running back refusing to get tackled easily and always fighting for the extra yards. That was the theme the rest of the way as Liberty scored once in the third and fourth quarters en route to the victory. Jamar Searcy, Giancarlo Olveda, and Keone Barbadillo all had rushing touchdowns, with Giancarlo leading the team with 10 carries and two touchdowns. Receivers Deuce Carr and Nico Reeb both caught touchdown passes from Bell, with Carr totaling more than 100 receiving yards along with two touchdowns. All right, for our last sports story of the day, Heritage High School takes a victory over their opponent, Dublin, winning 42-7. And of course, we don't have the details on that story because we had three home games and two sports writers leaving this one, unfortunately, the one that was not covered. But yeah, go Heritage. You guys won. Awesome. That's the headline, and that's all you're going to get about this story today. (laughs) And... uh, That was the last story, so I'm going to throw it back to you for some more news. Awesome. We had a ton of breaking news this week, Brian. It was a little bit bonkers this weekend. An Oakley man is dead following a domestic dispute on Thursday night, August 25th. At about 10.40 p.m., Oakley police received a call from a woman who had said her boyfriend had a gun and had been driving around with her in the car and not letting her leave. The boyfriend told her he was going to kill her and himself, according to a press release from Oakley Police. Upon the couple's return to their home on the 800 block of Teresa Lane in Oakley, the woman managed to escape and call 911. 
When officers arrived on scene, they attempted to talk to the man, recently identified as 58-year-old Frank Anthony Correa, but to no avail. A police drone was used to locate Correa inside the home and ascertain that he had a handgun. Officers continued their attempts to de-escalate the situation, but were answered with shots fired within the home. At 1.18 a.m., a few hours after the incident began, the suspect exited the house and fired several shots at the officers outside. One officer returned fire and struck the suspect. Medical aid was provided on scene, however Korea died from his injuries, according to the press release. In the course of the investigation, Contra Costa County Sheriff's Office Crime Lab collected a minimum of 16 spent 9mm casings from the scene, each of which are believed to have been fired by Korea in the direction of the domestic violence victim or Oakley police officers. Some officers reported that they felt debris striking them attributed to bullets passing through vehicles, producing secondary projectiles, or from bullets ricocheting off the ground. One of the involved officers received a wound to his forearm from a piece of the vehicle that was blown off by a bullet fired by Korea, according to Chief Beard. Beard identifies the officer who fired the deadly shot as Brett Johnson, who has served on the Oakley Police Force for over a year and is a seven-year law enforcement veteran. Moving on, two men were arrested after multiple people were stabbed at the Rusty Porthole, a popular bar on the 3800 block of Willow Road in Bethel Island, Saturday, August 27th. Contra Costa Fire Protection District Battalion Chief Gil Guerrero said, Emergency crews found one victim that had stab wounds to the back, who was later transported via Confire Air Ambulance to John Muir Medical Center. The three other victims had what were considered minor wounds and refused treatment at the scene. The suspects fled the scene and in the process reportedly struck another person with their vehicle. However, the additional victim was not located by EMS personnel for treatment, according to Guerrero. One additional victim suffered undisclosed minor injuries, officials said. The following morning, deputies arrested both suspects. Mitchell Weiss, 32, of Oakley, was booked into the Martinez Detention Facility on five counts of assault with a deadly weapon, two counts of battery, and carrying a loaded firearm. He's being held in lieu of $750,000 bail. Luis Guerrero, 41, of Oakley, was booked on five counts of assault with a deadly weapon, two counts of battery, and probation violation. He is being held without bail. The investigation is ongoing. Anyone with any information on this incident is asked to contact the Investigation Division at 925-313-2600. For any tips, email tips at socccounty.us or call 866-846-3592 to leave an anonymous voice message. One unidentified person was killed when a solo vehicle rolled over on Byron Highway Monday, August 29th. The rollover was reported shortly before 9 p.m. The driver of a black 2017 Nissan Altima was traveling southbound on Byron Highway at about 90 miles per hour, approaching a curved section of the road where the posted speed limit is 55 miles per hour, before losing control of his vehicle. The vehicle rolled several times before coming to a stop about 500 feet from where the car initially left the roadway. The driver was ejected from the vehicle, police said, adding that they don't know if drugs or alcohol were a factor in the crash. When emergency crews arrived on scene, the driver, a male in his late 20s, was found trapped under the vehicle. 
He was later determined to be dead at the scene. Airbags did deploy, but the driver did not appear to be wearing a seatbelt, according to officials. CHP could not release his name or hometown. Emergency crews were unsure if there were any other occupants in the vehicle, so assistance from a REACH medical helicopter and a California Highway Patrol helicopter was requested to check the area for any other victims. None were located. The incident remains under investigation, and the CHP asks any witness to call them at 925-646-4980. Revisiting a story from earlier in August... Brentwood police arrested a second suspect on August 24th in connection with a shooting at 24-Hour Fitness on Lone Tree Way that left an Antioch man dead. The county district attorney has charged him with murder. The suspect was identified as Patino Tawane, 20, of Pittsburgh in an August 26th press release by the department, which added that he was arrested without incident on August 24th at 4.45 a.m. at a home in Antioch. Tawane was later booked at the Martinez Detention Facility on suspicion of murder, police said. One firearm has been recovered, and the vehicle Tawane used to flee the scene is now in police custody. A second firearm used in the shooting has yet to be recovered. Tawane was charged with one count of murder with enhancements and additional felonies by the Contra Costa County District Attorney's Office, according to the release. The first suspect arrested was a 17-year-old Brentwood resident whose name was withheld due to his age. He was booked into the Contra Costa County Juvenile Detention Center for suspected murder, according to an August 12th social media post by Brentwood Police. A second suspect has also been arrested. Oh, that's not pertinent. And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to bother. The investigation into the shooting showed that the victim who was killed during the August 11th incident, Antioch resident Cesar Arana, 21, was an innocent bystander. Police say Arana was struck by gunfire while trying to help a person who had fallen to the ground during a fight outside the fitness center. Three other victims were also injured in the shooting. They were taken to area hospitals, but police did not disclose the nature of their injuries. The August 11th shooting occurred at about 2 a.m., according to police, and was allegedly the result of an argument that began in the gym and then escalated in the parking lot. Police have encouraged anyone with information regarding the outstanding firearm or any additional information related to this investigation to contact Detective Green at 925-809-7797. And that is all the breaking news that I have this week. Yeah, kind of a bummer week. Kind of. It was... It's a rough week for, I mean, and that's just the stuff that made it into the news. Mm. You know, there's always small incidences that I hear and whatnot come across the radio, and it was a rough week. Yeah. It was a rough week. Yeah, I hope things uh, went better for all of our viewers out there. Right, <laughs> right. This weekend, it's going to be a hot one. Mm-hmm. And so uh, East County Cities will have cooling centers set up for those that may need them. City of Brentwood has a designated cooling center at the Brentwood Community Center. It will begin on Saturday, September 3rd and run through Tuesday, September 6th. The Community Center, for those who don't know, is located at 35 Oak Streets. And that center will be open between the hours of 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Individuals in Antioch have their choice of two different cooling centers, the first being at the Nick Rodriguez Community Center at 213 F Street, 
and the Antioch Community Center at 4703 Lone Tree Way. Those will both open also on Saturday and run through Tuesday from noon to 6 p.m. And then Oakley's will be at the Oakley Recreation Center at 1250 O'Hara Avenue. As of right now, they only have it listed as being open for today, Thursday, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. However, I suspect that will change and extend through the weekend. You can keep up with that either on the City of Oakley website or their social media. What are you doing this weekend to stay cool? Anything? Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Saturday, I've got a show in Danville. Okay. And then Sunday, I am doing some live video of a concert in San Jose. Well, bring lots of water. What Just about be, you, Melissa? Be safe. I've, I'm going to sit in the AC. That's what's up. Yeah, I don't have any plans this weekend. Good. But, oh, no, I take it back. I am going to the farmer's market. Brentwood Farmer's Market is 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. downtown Brentwood on Saturday morning. And then if you missed the story about a month or so ago, Discovery Bay also has a farmer's market, this one on Sundays from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. So if you're up early and want to get outside before the heat really sets in, definitely a good a good option, the farmer's sure. market. And then for anybody who is brave enough to... Get out in the heat. We do have our event calendar in the in this week's paper or on our website at thepress.net slash calendar. That is it for today's episode of Clocked In with the Press. We appreciate you taking the time to listen in, and we look forward to speaking with you in our future episodes. If you would like to read more news stories of East County, you can do so through our website at www.thepress.net or through our Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the press underscore net. Be sure to tune in again next week for all your local news and sports highlights. Contact us with your thoughts on this episode or any other before it by emailing podcasts at brentwoodpress.com. Thanks for listening. Have a fun and safe weekend. Stay cool. And we will speak with you all next time. This is Melissa. And Brian. Clocking, clocking out. out. Thanks again to this week's sponsor, Sip and Scoop. Remember that feeling of hearing the ice cream truck coming down the street as a kid? Bring back that feeling by visiting Sip and Scoop. They started out as a truck too, and now they have a brick and mortar shop right here in Brentwood, so you don't have to chase them down the block. Sip and Scoop has all kinds of high quality desserts to satisfy any sweet tooth. Gelato, root beer floats, and iced coffees are just a few of my favorites. And the whole menu is available to go on DoorDash. Stop by their shop in downtown Brentwood and get your scoop on.